Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Electrical stimulation can help paralyze walk again. Epidural electrical stimulation, or EES, has been demonstrated to potentially improve mobility in individuals with paralysis. Recent research suggests that EES may be able to re-engage dormant spinal nerves that control leg and upper body movements within a matter of days for individuals with complete paralysis. This has been achieved through the identification of specific nerve cells that are able to help facilitate walking in paralyzed individuals, which could potentially lead to targeted therapies for a larger population. By using intensive training and electrical pulses, individuals with severe or complete motor paralysis and minimal sensation in their legs have been able to walk or use crutches as a result of EES. The efficacy of this approach has now been demonstrated by three research teams. The mechanisms behind EES have been made possible through the use of machine learning algorithms, which can analyze gene activity in thousands of neurons in mouse spinal tissue, creating a detailed map of lower spinal cord nerve cells. This allowed the identification of a subpopulation of excitatory interneurons, which are nerve cells that connect motor and sensory neurons. In injured mice, the suppression of these cells resulted in paralyzed mice. After going through a process of EES rehabilitation, however, their overall neural activity increased. They were able to once again move freely. Wow. So in the future, it may be possible to manipulate the activity of specific neurons through treatments such as gene therapy or the replacement of damaged neurons in the spinal cord using stem cells. However, it is worth noting that while the ability to walk again is certainly a significant achievement, Other functions such as bladder and bowel control, as well as sexual function, can also greatly impact the quality of life for individuals with spinal cord injuries, and EES doesn't yet address those other lost functions. Still, walking again could add one huge missing component back to people's lives, and scientists suggest that in the future, this technology might be applied to improve those other functions as well. Wow, this is another story that it's just mind-blowing what the advancements of science can do for someone, right? Like, because the being partially or completely paralyzed is such a life-altering thing. Like, it literally affects every aspect of your health, plus your family, those around you, your life, everything. So to give people back the ability to walk and to move on their own again is amazing. It's incredible. It's really incredible. And, and yeah, such an exciting development for the people who are affected by this, uh, for their families, of course. And 
yeah, let's let's hope that we can move this into you know out of mouse, you know, obviously like right uh, research and models and and into real life for people, um, and not only for for the movement component, but also for those other things that we mentioned uh, to help bring back full quality of life to, to yes. people who have lost mobility. Yes. Low birth weight is associated with developmental concerns. Infant birth weight, which is measured on a scale in centiles, can have an effect on early childhood development. We have long known that babies born prior to 37 weeks, often referred to as preterm, typically have very low birth weights and end up struggling with developmental complications at a higher ratio. Full-term infants born at 37 weeks or more are not immune from developmental complications, and a recent study out of the UK sought to understand if there was an association between birth weight and childhood development among full-term births. This population-based cohort study looked at over 600,000 infants born after 37 weeks of gestation in Scotland. When the children were two to three years old, they underwent an evaluation that looked at their social development as well as their fine motor, gross motor, and communication skills. The researchers found that infants born below the 25th percentile for birth weight had a greater risk of developmental concerns, specifically pertaining to communication and social skills. The smallest babies, those born in the 10th percentile, carried the greatest risk for developmental concerns. In contrast, babies born above the 75th percentile did not have a notable difference in developmental concerns compared with babies born in the middle range, the 25th to 75th percentiles. So the researchers who conducted this study concluded that low birth weight among full-term infants is an unrecognized and important factor contributing to the prevalence of childhood developmental concerns. These researchers emphasized the importance of better birth weight surveillance in order to communicate and educate parents on how to help reduce the risk associated with low birth weight infants. This study is one of the first looking at the association of birth weights and developmental concerns among full-term infants. One of the authors of this study adds that babies who were born mid to moderately small at birth typically go unrecognized when considering childhood development. He suggests that these infants should receive closer monitoring and support during their childhood to help reduce the risk of developing communication, social, or motor deficiencies. Mothers can also help by maintaining a healthy diet and lifestyle during pregnancy. People skip their regular doctor's visits out of fear of COVID. Dr. Katarina Curtiva of California Eye Associations in Newport Beach, California, recently had a patient come into her practice complaining of eye pain. She checked for ulcers on the eyes or pink eyes. She checked for eyelashes, mascara, pet hair, or other common objects on her eye could be causing the foreign body sensation. Although she did notice a release of mucus from the eye, the cause of the pain infection didn't seem to be any of the usual suspects. When the patient mentioned she noticed something dark when she lifted up her eyelid, Dr. Curtiva went investigating and found 23 contact lenses piled underneath the woman's eyelid. 
The visit was the first time that Dr. Cordovia had seen this patient for a long time. The patient said she was afraid to attend a regular doctor's visit out of fear of catching COVID-19. This is actually not an entirely uncommon occurrence. Since the beginning of the pandemic, many people have skipped seeing their doctor because they were afraid of contracting the virus, or at least certainly in my practice, I've shifted mostly to a telemedicine practice, which has been wonderful for me. So, in fact, doctors reported that even preventative cancer screenings dropped 94% over the first four months of 2020. And over the next decade, the National Cancer Institute expects 10,000 preventable deaths from breast and colorectal cancer due to pandemic-related delays in diagnosis and treatment. Yeah, it's so sad. So primary care physicians have stated that as we continue to focus on recovery, we must also continue to take care of our health and continue to reach out for regular check-ins with our doctors to ensure that health matters are getting the treatment and the care that they need. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D R D E R Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefilthershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your health care providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right.